Welcome back to another episode of Uniquely Wired Podcast. I'm your host, Nani, and I am so excited that you're here today. On this episode, we have a very special guest, um, which she will be introducing herself shortly. But we are going to dive into the topic of sensory processing, which if you know, um, it is very common in the autistic you know, community. Um, but I also found out that you don't have to be autistic or have any type of disability to have sensory processing. So we may mention some things that you might feel like, oh my gosh, I may have sensory processing myself because um, I've had to do that. So without further ado, I do want to introduce our special guest, Denise. So she's going to be introducing herself and who she is and all the wonderful things that she's doing. Oh, hi, everyone. So my name is Denise and... So I've been doing ABA therapy for over 11 years. I first started out as a registered behavioral technician, and then I became a licensed behavior specialist, and now I'm in the process of becoming a board-certified behavior analyst. Um, I also have a son who is four years old, and I do post him on Instagram, on social media, and I like combining my expertise in ABA and as well as my experience as a parent. And I combine the two to provide support and resources for other parents who also have kids that are on the spectrum. And I love that. I love everything she does. You guys, if you don't follow her, make sure you follow her. All the information is going to be down below um, for you to follow her on her social media platforms. She's just doing wonderful things, you know, and I can't wait for us to meet in person because she is um, in New Jersey and I'm in Philadelphia. So we're literally like not even an hour away from each other. Um, so I can't wait for us to hang out and get our boys together. Um, cause as you guys know, uh, Jacob is four and so is her son. So I think it'll be so nice, um, to meet up and have a play date. Um, so we're going to get right into this episode. And my first question for Denise is going to be, can you explain, um, you know, to those that are listening that may not know what is sensory processing? Um, that it affects how your brain processes certain things. Um, the sensory uh, information includes things such as taste, sound, you know, uh, smell, touch, all of those things. Um, it can affect all your senses or it can just affect one. And it usually just means that you're overly sensitive to certain stimuli that others aren't. Yeah, I, I love that you said that. And I know both of our kids have um, the sensory processing. I know that my son struggles so much with everything. <laughs> if I'm honest, I know you've seen the videos like when I'm trying to give him something new, like he'll start, you know, smelling. He could smell things from a distance. Like he's already sniffing his nose. Um, so I don't know if you can also share with us what are those areas of sensory that affect your son specifically. So that's funny that you say that because my son actually has no issues with smelling or loud sounds. So he really? can, yeah, yeah, he doesn't smell anything or he's not affected by loud sounds. He doesn't like brushing his teeth. 
He doesn't like, you know, getting his hair brushed or hair cut. Um, he doesn't like the tags on his clothes, how they feel. Um, and yeah, he just, he doesn't like getting his hands dirty. So every time you see him eating chips, every time he takes a bite, he like wipes his hand off because he just can't have anything on his hand. Yes, my son does the same thing. That's so funny. I'm constantly um cutting tags off, like off their shirts because he'll get so distracted. And I'm like, all right, we're just cutting this off. Um, So you're saying, you know, the brushing teeth. OK, we need to dive into that because I know for a fact I have lots of listeners that their kiddos struggle with brushing teeth so like those dentist visits are rough yeah and my son has a a dentist visit november 2nd and i'm like dreading it because i already i already know what's like the whole process and i have to mentally prepare myself because it does hurt me to like to see him that way like as soon as we pull up in the driveway he'll start crying because he already knows like he knows. <laughs> so. Oh my God. I'm telling you, they're going to be best friends. <laughs> this is so funny. No, literally. It's funny. Yours is November 2nd, you said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ours is November 13th. Oh. <laughs> See, it's coming up. And it is. It's, it's that time it's of year. Tough. It's that yeah. time of year. And um, then it's their physical, you know, them getting checked. And it's uh, funny because Jacob literally, from the moment we, you know, pull up somewhere that he knows it's going to be like, annoying or it's just going to be too overstimulating for him he'll freak out right away yep same with my and and it's like how do we how can we even you know prepare our children especially when they're nonverbal? you know when they struggle to have that communication um you know aspect part of it because, you know, typical parents are like, yeah, we're going to the dentist tomorrow. Make sure you get ready. You're not going to school. Da, 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 da. With our kids, it's a whole different ball game. So yes. did you want to elaborate? Maybe what are some um, I know this wasn't one of the questions, but what are some top, um, you know, tips or strategies that you use to prepare him for that specific, you know, visit, whether it's a doctor or a dental visit? So so there are certain things you can do. Um you know, with our sons, maybe like a visual, like a social story and reading that social story to them, like, like every day, a week before their visit, um, you can always have, you know, with my son, with the haircuts, I always have to, um, I have a razor, like a, you know, the razor to raise, you know, to shave your head. I don't cut his hair, but I have one. So when he's about to get a haircut, I give him the razor to hold. I turn it on. It's called sensory um, desensitization. So it's something that I do with LJ to prepare him before like something that's overstimulating. So with the dentist, I haven't tried the social stories yet. And I think I'm actually in the process of creating some social stories to help with certain situations like this. And I was going to sell them on my Etsy store because I know how critical it is. Um, So with the with the um, the dentist, what I do beforehand is I'll have practice, have him opening his mouth because a lot of the times he will not open his mouth for the dentist. Um. You know, just kind of giving him the toothbrush and brushing his teeth and 
just kind of like touching his teeth with my hands, just kind of just doing certain things that the dentist does just to kind of prepare him. I mean, it, it it is tough because he's just already overstimulated as soon as he sees the building. So it, it it's tough, but it is a work in progress, you know. So it's right. just stuff you do to just desensitize the situation beforehand. But I do think that social stories can help as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I've heard of that one. I've heard of social stories. I, you know, I think... I wish, you know, there was specific dentist offices, you know, that just specialized on our kiddos, you know, that really have that hard time. Because a lot of the times you go to these places, yes, they look sensory friendly. They look very friendly for them. But I feel like we tend to be rushed, you know, because they're on a time. They got to follow. Okay, what's my next client? I got to make sure I'm like on on task, you know, that I'm finishing this. I got to rush the parent out. You know, it would just be so beautiful. Again, this would be in a perfect world where we are, you know, in a dentist's office or doctor's office and you are getting that treatment that your child really deserves. You know what I mean? Like, you don't have to feel like, oh my gosh, I we got to hurry up. It's okay, buddy. Just lay down, lay down. And we are pressuring our children because I'm sure you felt like that. Like, I know sometimes I'm at the doctor's office and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I have to like make sure they stay still. I have to make sure, you know, they're not running over here. They're not running over there. You know, knowing that our children have a hard time sitting, you know, listening or it's not that they're doing it intentionally to whoever's listening. They're not doing intentionally. They are just trying to regulate. They want to escape that situation that is so uncomfortable for them. So, um, yeah, that 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 would really be something <laughs> that I would love. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Our next question is, are there specific strategies that you use to help your child when having sensory overload? And this could be, you know, uh, a tantrum, a meltdown. I'm sure, you know, all those things because you do work in the ABA field. So this is perfect. Um, so, yeah. So just elaborate on that. Yeah. So there is actually a difference between a meltdown and a tantrum. So a meltdown is um, something that kids on the spectrum experience because they have sensory overload and a tantrum is um something that a kid he wants something and he doesn't get it so he'll tantrum to try and get it usually meltdowns are triggered by you know it's a sensory thing so it's a lot harder to you know try and calm them down because a lot of the times you know with my son I get frustrated sometimes because I don't know why he's crying He'll just start randomly crying and having, you know, just just having that meltdown. And I tried my best, you know, to try and calm him down, ask him what what he wants. Normally, what I do is he he used to like his um, weighted blanket. So when he would have a meltdown, I would have a weighted blanket ready and I would put it over him. Now, what I've been doing is I have been giving him squeezes and massages So he likes like certain squeezes like on his arms and on his legs. So when he's like having a meltdown, I will go over to him and just, you know, say, you know, it's okay. And I'll just start massaging his arms and legs. Um, I'm actually, um, there is something called like autism touch therapy. And um, it's something, it's like a 
pediatric massage um, to help with like meltdowns and um, to help kids, you know, sleep. And I'm actually in the process of trying to get certified so that I can teach parents um, how to, you know, manage meltdowns by doing like certain touches and stuff like that. So um, I mean, that's in the works, you know, getting trying to get that certification so I can conduct some lives like group lives and stuff and just kind of like show parents um, what to do in case of a meltdown. A lot of our kids, they just need that like they they need that like sensory like yeah, touch that deep pressure yeah. i love that denise i think that's so exciting <laughs> please let me know because i would definitely take that yeah. because i know no for real because i know with my daughter um she doesn't really have lots of sensory you know challenges um compared to her brother but she does like i remember in the beginning of our diagnosis you know she would cry a lot and it was one of those moments where you're just like, okay, I don't know what's going on. I've given my child everything <laughs> that could possibly soothe them. I don't know what else to do. And that's something I discovered about Eliana. The squeezes, the pressure. She loved that. Still does to this day. And then sometimes she gets so excited, she'll put her shirt up and like, all right, can you just rub my back too, mom? <laughs> Yes. And I'm like, all right, sis, I think we're done. Um, but I think that will be such an amazing thing. And trust me, I know you will get so many moms that will want to take this class with you. Sign me up first. Thank you very much. Because um, I think it's just a wonderful thing to have in the back, you know, ready. We never know when our children need us. I don't know if you remember, I posted that video. I we rocked the spectrum and Eliana was really having a hard time. It had been a while since that time that she would have a meltdown and just like completely be overwhelmed. So it caught me a little bit off guard in a sense because I'm like, man, she's been doing so good. She hasn't had meltdowns. But then I've realized, okay, realistic expectations. Okay, can we talk about them? Because we need realistic expectations. A lot of the times we're like, yep, our child has not done that in a while. Um, They're Okay. <laughs> Which is great, but at the same time, we got to remember there are going to be those moments that are going to be triggering for our children that's going to take them back to that moment of having a meltdown. And we cannot get, yes, it, it will be discouraging. It will be disappointing. It's going to be frustrating, but we can't dwell on that. We have to be on go, ready to assist our children and helping them regulate. So I don't know if you want to elaborate on that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So... Whenever I take my son out into the community or we go somewhere, I always got to make sure that I'm prepared. You know, I have to have all of the things that he likes, the sensory stuff, you know, so I have to make sure I'm prepared before I go anywhere. Otherwise, it'll just be, you know, a disaster. And, um, you know, a lot of the time what people don't know is um, our kids um, that have the sensory processing um, disorder, uh, they need sensory breaks throughout the day that like all the time you know they it's wherever they are they need that that sensory you know it, it's just it's just very crucial always got to make sure you're prepared when you're out in the community because you don't want to have that meltdown and you're not you don't know what to do that's so good and i i think also making sure it's on your child's iep if they are in school 
just saying um anyways just making sure it's on your child's IEP and that they are implementing it because this is the thing a lot of the time schools will tell you yes we're doing this are they really doing that you know what I'm saying like at this point I'm I'm at a point in my daughter's school where I'm like yep can't trust nobody because we see these little mistakes these little mix-ups and at the end of the day they're huge things You know, it's huge. This is a legal document. They have to abide by it. They have to follow it. And unless the parent signs it and agrees to what's really on that IEP, guess what? They got to keep going. <laughs> you know, but that's that's a topic for a different day. But anyway, um, <laughs> you already know how I feel about that. I already know with the name, like the <laughs> that post you just posted. Yes. That happened yes. to me, too. It was like it was like a uh, Sarah. And I was like, wait. My son's name is Louise. Like, I'm... Listen. You know why? Like, how you Sarah from Louise? Like, what? Exactly. They had a child named Kezia with Aliana. <laughs> like, what? Good thing I know the girl. I mean, not personally, but I know she, she went to preschool with my daughter. So I was oh, like, the okay. name sounded familiar. I was like, what in the world? Anyways, <laughs> it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. So if we don't advocate for our kids... Who's going to do it? Seriously, who's going to do it? And I knew that Rio was going to get a lot of views. I told my husband, I was like, I know there's so many parents are going to relate with this. Um, but um, yeah, so in your experience as an autism mom, what are some misconce misconceptions or common myths about sensory processing in autism that you would like to debunk, you know, or just like completely, you know, put out there? Let's see that that they're just that's that's kind of like a hard question, but it's just that kids they they think that they're overreacting to certain things. You know, some people are thinking, oh, they're just overreacting, and it's like, no, they're they're not overreacting. It's really like a sensory processing issue that needs to be attended to. It's not overreaction at all. You know, that's like the big one for me. Like, people are just, like, they're just overreacting. Right. So. Or that they're being bad. Like, can yeah. we take bad out of the... Can we just take it out for real? Like, oh, it just boils my blood. I think, you know, when I picked up Eliana the other day, I was like, how was her day? You know, and her one-on-one -on -one goes. Um, she was good. She's never bad. And I'm just like... All right, I'm not even getting into this conversation right now. I'm right. Like, All right, thank you. But you, you know what I'm saying? People are so mm -hmm. using that, and I get it. Some kids can have very, very challenging, you know, behaviors. But I don't think any child is bad. I think, no. you know, I mean, you know, you're a Latina. Growing up, Spanish, everything was like, oh, malcriado, you know, like, mm -hmm. meaning like, oh, man, they're just so bad behave, you know? Yeah. And it's like, no, we got to change that language. And it starts mm -hmm. with our mindset. How are we viewing our children? So I think it starts with us as the parents, you know, and how we're referring to, you know, or talking about our children um, and just educating people. You know, right. it only it only takes a little bit of time for you to say, you know what? No, that's not okay. You know, mm -hmm. I don't think any child is bad. They just have challenges. And you know what? A lot of the times the parents don't even have a diagnosis just yet or they're in the process. So they're mm -hmm. automatically like, 
hitting their child, you know, pushing them away because right, their child right. is literally trying to communicate. Okay, mm-hmm. can we talk about that? Because I feel like nobody ever talks about that. Like, I literally be in public and I see children really genuinely trying to get their parents' attention. I'm sure you've seen that at the mall, Walmart, yep. Target, Starbucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? And the parent becomes so overwhelmed. And because they don't have much education on the topic of autism or sensory or ADHD, any type of, you know, disability, they just automatically assume that their child is just being bad. And they're misbehaving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So You're absolutely it's just, right. Yeah, it just sucks because I'm like, when are we, you know, going to change that? When are we going to try to find out what exactly is wrong with our child? Not necessarily yeah. wrong, but you know what I mean. Like, you know, mm-hmm. can we find what's causing this behavior? Right. Exactly. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um. No, I think that's. I agree with you. I think that's one of the things that I also would want to debunk. They're not misbehaving. The next time mm-hmm. you see a child, you know, having a hard time in public, you know, they're they're having a hard time regulating or just finding that time to regulate. Don't just assume. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't assume. Just go on about your day. Or if you're going to stand there and judge, you know, how about you ask the parent, hey, is there anything I can help you with? You know, let's do better. Yeah. So my son, I took him to Barnes and Noble and, you know, so he can pick out some books and he hates like waiting in line and stuff. So he wanted a book, but he didn't understand that I had to pay for it first. So he, you know, he had a complete like, um, I think this this was a tantrum because he wanted it and he was had a complete just tantrum because he doesn't understand that, you know, we have to pay for it before you, you know. So I had to, like, take him out of the store because he was he was acting. He was just like all over the floor screaming and he was like kicking the window, trying to punch the window because he wanted the toy so bad. So, yeah, a lot of the times people just. There, there's a lot more going on. Like he's he's not bad. He's just has trouble understanding that, you know, the process of or of how, you know, to, to buy something. He doesn't understand that process just yet. So and that could be so frustrating. I know <laughs> it is because you're so ready to buy something or better yet, when you go to a restaurant, I don't know, you know, how he does at a restaurant. It's like I have to call ahead of time. hey table for four you know one high chair Uh, yeah so literally i'm learning some places are like well you know we don't do waiting we don't do this we don't do that like okay but Mm -hmm. again that's another topic for another day because when it comes to restaurants that's huge did you want to you want to touch on that yeah so when i take my son to a restaurant you know it, it is it is tough um i make sure that he that he has his iPad with him because that seems, you know, you always got to be prepared. So I give him his iPad and normally he's fine. Like he's okay. Um, But sitting for a long time is just a lot for him. Like a lot of the times he's wanting to get up, he wants to, you know, walk around, but you know, it is tough. But I think the more you like take them to that type of environment, they'll get used to it, you know? So I like taking my son out into the community. A lot of people don't like taking their children that are on the spectrum out into the community because they know the struggles that come along with it. And, you know, I I already know ahead of hand that, you know, there's going to be some struggles. You know, I took him to Target the other day and that was, 
you know, he was fine, but then he didn't like waiting in line when I had to pay for the stuff. You need to just get them used to that type of, you know, environment, get used to them, get used to them being in the community um, so that they can, you know, adapt. Like, don't close them in. Don't close right. them in. I know. Listen, if anybody understands, it's us. Yeah. Us too. Okay. <laughs> if anybody yeah. could sit here and tell you, listen, it's going to be okay. We're telling you because we know we're living it every day. Mm-hmm. It's tough. You know, our children, my, my two kids already know, you know, we go to church on Wednesday nights. They go to the children's ministry, which they do wonderful with them. Sundays, mm-hmm. they already know. School, they already know. They're going to get ready for school. Like Jacob gives me his backpack. He brings me his remote. Literally brings me the remote from the TV every single morning. I just saw his Mm -hmm. teachers this. Brings me the remote, brings me his back. When he already knows, like it's time to go. He'll open the basement door because normally we'll leave through the basement. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, what? Like he just started doing that not too long ago. And it's just such a huge thing because it lets me know he already knows the daily routine, weekly routine, if you will, you know, and what's going to happen. Yeah, you know, and, that, and that's sure. huge for our kids, you know, to be so aware of like what's going to happen next. Does your child, um, is this something that he's doing right now? Is it still a challenge for him? So, yeah, so routine, he's so, you know, kids, autistic kids, they follow routine. They do well with routine. Um, and a lot of the times when you change the routine, it kind of triggers a meltdown or a tantrum. My son actually does really well with like change and routine. He already knows his morning routine. He knows his night routine. You know, we do the we do the same thing. And it's always good to just have that structure and that routine with them um, to follow. And yeah, he's he's been doing really well you know, with like one step directions. I just posted a video of him, you know, I would, I would tell him to either turn off the light or go get me a water bottle and he'll go and do it. And that's a, that's a big thing because before he would not listen when I would say, LJ, can you get, give me the remote or something? He won't do it, but now he's doing it a lot more. And, you know, it's the little things, you know, a lot of people are like, why are you so excited about that? I was like, my son just followed my direction. That's a big deal, you know, like. Right. Thank you very much. Um, The same thing. Listen, talk about receptive language. I was just talking to Jacob's um, speech therapist about this. Like, she's just telling me how wonderful he's doing with, like, just listening. I'm going to post a video later of him that I did this morning um, with his device. You know, he just got it yesterday. And I'm like, where's the elephant? And literally, he, like, touches the elephant. Where's the zebra? Because before, he knows his letters. You know, I can tell you he does know his letters. Mm -hmm. But before, we will say, okay, cat. I don't know if you saw that one video I posted that the ABA therapist yeah. had, like, you know, the the little yes. map with the alphabet. Mm-hmm. Well, and we talked about it after I posted that video. We were saying how we really think he just knows the letter. So he's going for that. But now we've realized he just knows the animal, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because when you say apple, he knows that that's a, a right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I'm like, where's elephant? Just saying the the animal's name versus, you know, the letter. It's so huge that he's able to actually just point to it. And to us, you know, that's just like, whoa. Yeah, it is. I'll Forget tell you. everything else. 
Forget everything yeah. else. Okay, honey, we're going to dinner tonight. Right. <laughs> I'm tonight because yeah. it's so huge, you know? Mm-hmm. I just so. posted a video of my son this morning, just before coming on here, um, of him attempting to say, I love you. So I would say I, and he would do approximations of each word. So he's like really attempting to like talk. And it's just, it's so great. And even I though it cannot. doesn't, I even though I know, even though it doesn't sound like the word, I'm still, I'm like, he's at least trying, he's making some type of noise to the word, you know? So it's amazing. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, and that, that right there just gives us so much hope. Yes. You know, I, yep. I don't even think, I don't even like to think about regression because I'm just like, I'm man, not- this is, because we know it's coming. We know it's coming, but, and again, we go back to those realistic expectations, but I just feel mm-hmm. like, man, can we just enjoy the moment? The yes. fact that even if they do have a regression on one of the things they've learned already, uh-huh. we know that at least it's still there and they can pick back on it. You know, that yeah. that's just my hope and that's my prayer every single time for our kids and yes. that they are going to get there. You know, I always mm-hmm. say yet, you know, that's a huge word in the autism community, you know, right? Not yet. You know, he's using it for now. You know, I do believe that he will eventually be able to speak in full sentences and all the things, even if yeah. he's stuttering. Yep. Even if he and has I- an impairment. Listen, right. it's something, you know? Yes. And I am a firm believer that, you know, it does get better in time, you know, like with the right resources, you know, with the right support, it does get better. And, you know, and you and I know you believe that, too, because your daughter, she has progressed so much. So it, it does get it does get better. But you just need to have the right support, resources, therapy, all of that, you know. 100 percent and i know that those parents that are listening that have older children possibly teenagers or adults i know that back then you know the community wasn't as strong you know as it is now or perhaps you know just the resources in general they were tough it was tough to get those resources but you know i'm just grateful that we have parents like us you know like you and i that mm-hmm. we're advocating, we're putting ourselves in the line. We are literally putting our children's business out to yeah. the public. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, if it gets to the point where my children can literally tell me, mom, stop videotaping me. <laughs> I'm going to respect that. 100%. I'm going to respect 100. that. Um, it's yep. so funny because Aliana, as soon as I pull the camera, she goes, cheese. I'm like, Ellie, it's not <laughs> a picture. It's a video. <laughs> right. She's so cute. But, you know, she already knows. Okay, mom is going to do something with her camera. Yeah. Um, and Jacob be ready too. So, you know, it's just little things like that, but really staying connected, building that tribe, building that community, mm-hmm. finding your autism moms, your sensory moms, whatever. Um yeah. to to get through this. You know, I see your son making progress gives me hope for my son. You know, mm-hmm. you're seeing my kids gives you hope for your kid. You know, yes. it, it's just a matter of that. There's no competition. There's nothing to be like, "Oh my gosh, why is her son doing this? Why is my daughter doing that?" No, they're just, they're learning at their own pace. Yes, exactly. And that is okay. That is okay. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It all is. All right. So to end the, the episode, the last question would be, what advice do you have for parents, caregivers, you know, teachers and therapists or just really everybody who are looking um, 
to create a sensory friendly environment for their autistic child. Yeah, so what I would say is just to create a sensory friendly environment that's tailored to that specific kid, the specific individual, because a lot of kids have different sensory needs. So you would just need to create a space for that child where they can express those sensory needs because every child is different. So my advice would be, you know, just kind of be aware of, you know, the type of uh, sensory stimulations that your child is seeking and just create a sensory friendly environment for them where they can just be, you know, like my son, he has in his little space, he has sensory toys and he has trampoline, that trampoline, that's the best thing I ever got him because that he'll jump on that all day. And I feel like he needs that sensory, you know, so he'll jump on that all day and, Mm -hmm. you know, and so just create that sensory friendly environment for that specific child. Yes. That sensory input. I, Mm -hmm. I agree. We have a little trampoline as well downstairs and Jacob just jumps on it whenever he needs. Um, (laughs) and like you said, you know, I think also, you know, the parent or whoever is listening that really wants to create that environment for their child or their niece or nephew, you know, grandchild, whoever you are, um, you're really trying to create that safe environment for that child. Just, you know, study them. Look up the difference in sensory, you know, processing. Yeah. Because again, it's different for everybody. Some people have the smelling part of it, the the taste, the hearing. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, our kids are the same when it comes to the hearing because Jacob too does not have, you know, sensitivity with his hearing, which is great because we know that that's one of the main, like, very common ones. Yeah. Um, Eliana and that's crazy. Does a little bit because you saw that I had purchased those headphones for her and that's because she was doing VBS at church and I knew it was her first year doing it. And I've volunteered before in VBS so I know how loud it can get. And granted, our church is big so we knew we was going to get lots of kids. <laughs> right, and right. I knew it was going to be a lot for her so I noticed mm-hmm. that she jumped that first day and that's when I knew, okay, Let's try the headphones and see. Mm-hmm. She kept them on for a quite a long time. And then guess what? When she was ready, she took them off. So, you okay. know, it's just finding these things. Um, Something I tell people too, Denise, which I'm sure you can elaborate on this, is, you know, creating those little sensory baskets of those specific things that your child likes. Yes. Because mm-hmm. Eliana yeah. likes um slime and kinetic sand. But guess what? My son does not like it. Yeah. He's not a My fan of it. My son doesn't like that either. <laughs> He's not a fan of it. Just give him his little chewy, which he doesn't even chew on it. Um, Give him the chewy. He'll just he'll walk around with his little thing and just stems with his hand the whole day. And that's what Uh makes him happy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm mm -hmm. a firm believer in like just doing like giving our child what make them happy. So a lot of people try to stop their stimming and, and stuff like that. Like a lot of people think that the stimming should be stopped. I, I know that I've came across some parents that, you know, have asked me, how do you stop the stimming? And I was like, honestly, like, you shouldn't stop their stimming. That's that's what makes them happy. That's how they express their emotions. Like, you shouldn't be stopping that. And you should be encouraging it. And you should be, you know, helping them express those stims. I love when my son stims because he's just like the happiest when he's stimming. <laughs> yes. No, it's true. And I, I think, mm-hmm. obviously, let's just say, if your child is harming themselves and they're using that as a stim, of course. 
And again, us moms that are, you know, content creators and we're putting ourselves out there, we're not sharing our children stimming, you know, how would you say like we're not sharing it because we agree with every stim that a child does, if that makes sense. Right. You know, meaning Mm -hmm. if your child is harming themselves and that's bothering you and you know that you want to stop that, then of course you want to stop that. We don't encourage that. But our children specifically, I know, I don't know about LJ, but I know with um, Jacob and Eliana, you know, their thing is hand flapping and, you know, he loves rocking back and forth, which a lot of the times I got to be careful that he's not like banging his Mm -hmm. head or something. Right. Um, And and depending where we're at. But my son, he. mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. My son he'll he slaps himself on the chest a lot. And the other day I noticed some scratches on his chest. And you know, and that's his stim, him, you know, smacking himself here. Um and he does it. He's a happy. He's not upset when he does it. And a lot of the times it like that kind of bothers me cuz I don't want him to get bruises, you know, cuz he sla- he sometimes he smacks himself really hard. Um, but you know, um, I let him, I let him do it until it really becomes like an issue. Then I'll try and probably redirect, maybe give him something else that'll fulfill that, that need. Um, you know, but yeah, there are some stems like, and my son likes grinding his teeth too. And I don't know how to stop that. I cannot (laughs) deal. That hurts my ear. (laughs) That is Jacob twenty four seven. I'm like, stop grinding your teeth. I can't. I can't I, deal with this sound. <laughs> see, well, there you go. That's my uh-huh. sensory thing. It, it <laughs> right me. or anybody that does, does the chalk. You know the chalk. Oh board. yeah, me too. Yep, that too. Oof. <laughs> well, that's almost like it. Oh my god, that yeah. is hilarious. And that's why I give my son a chewy too. When he starts grinding his teeth, I'll give him like a a chew toy, and I'm like, here bite this like stop doing will that will he take like, it though he will yeah he'll he will take that's it. funny he will. see jacob will not put it in his mouth no <laughs> that was my primarily like my biggest goal <laughs> when we got right. chewies because i'm uh-huh. like okay well maybe this will satisfy nope um he... <laughs> girl it He's... literally drives me crazy have you it... tried different types of like chewies like you know maybe oh, yeah. like different toys yeah yes we, I think we try them all. Different textures. <laughs> you know, the see like the hard ones, the see like the soft one. Girl, nothing. That is so hard to stop. It is. And I'm just like, yeah. ugh. The teeth grinding <laughs> is so tough. Um, it is. We already know that's going to bring lots of dental, you know, issues. They're already telling me about his teeth. Granted, Eliana doesn't even grind. And she's, <laughs> they're already telling me she might need braces. And I'm like, are you kidding me? What? That's oh not God. happening. Yeah. We're not no, getting her braces. Be... Are you kidding me? Yeah. How is that even an option? And this is what <laughs> I'm telling you. Like, why? You know, the uh-huh. dentist also, when I mentioned about Jacob, you know, grinding his teeth, because I'm sure he probably does it at night and we don't even notice, you know, because mm-hmm. obviously everybody sleep. Um, but for him to do it that long throughout the day, especially when he's watching a YouTube video or watching his show, he does this so hard. And I'm like, Jay, we're constantly Ooh, just yelling his name. Jay, that's his stim. Uh, it is. Yeah, it that, is. Yeah, that stim is. Yes. My so son doesn't do it all day. I don't know if they mentioned the, the mouth guard. It's like, oh, no, it's like a guard that you put on the teeth to like protect uh-huh. them. Okay. And it should stop him. But I'm like, no, I'm. I could barely right. brush his teeth. You think he's going to put yeah, a guard? Right. Like, what? 
Anyways, exactly. no, Jacob does it all day. It's, oh. it's LJ an doesn't thing. do it all day. He'll oh. do it here and there, and I'm I'm glad he used to do it all day, but he stopped. And I think a lot of the the chewy, and you know, and you know what? Something else that I do that I listen. So another thing that I did, Spill I'm the gonna teases. I know. I gave him a, I gave him a bubble. I was like, here, stop. And he'll, you know, he's for, you know, he doesn't use a bobo, but when he grinds, uh, this is a pacifier for people who don't know what a bobo is. A pacifier. I'll give him the pacifier and I'm like, here, like, cause I cannot stand when he does it. And he'll stop when I give him the pacifier and I'm like, I'm like, I know you're for, like, there comes to a point where it's like, no more pacifier. Listen, no judgment, no judgment zone, okay? The thing is, Jacob never took the bubble. Listen, he only took the pacifier when I was breastfeeding, and this was like two months, three months. Oh, That's it. And then the kid would not take it. Same thing with um, milk for both of them. They they were not Mm -hmm. fans of milk. Eliana, by like 11 months, she was over milk. Um... Yeah, so interesting. Mm, that yeah. is interesting. But you know what? Maybe I should try it and see if he will take it during that time. But <laughs> yeah. I know it so, is tough. Eliana stopped sucking on a bobo like two years ago, which was huge because she was obsessed with it. I didn't think oh, it was okay. ever going to be happening. Yeah. But yeah, I, I feel like, oh, man, there's so many things that we can try for our kids. Mm-hmm. Listen, for the mom and dad that's listening or grandpa, auntie, you know, whoever you are and you have a child who is autistic and has sensory processing and you are just like listening to us and you're like, oh, my God, my child. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you're not alone. OK, yeah, just saying you're not, not alone. alone. Like, nope, this is tough. We are literally learning as we go. Yeah. That's and it. even me as being an ABA for all these years, I'm still learning because now I'm a parent. I'm, right. I'm on the other side of things. Right. So I I get it. Like, you know, yeah, yeah you guys are not alone. Yeah, Definitely you're not. not. You're not. And, you know, just be encouraged by this episode. And, you know, if you guys have any questions, you know, drop them down below. If you're watching on YouTube, if you are listening on, you know, your favorite platform, just leave us a review and you know, just let us know what is it, you know, that you need help with. Because if we, we've we been there or possibly are there right now and maybe we're trying things that you haven't tried, this is the perfect time. You know, get to your resources. Mm-hmm. I had a mom tell me yesterday, you know, I'm really thinking about becoming an advocate. Um, My son's school is needing someone to speak Spanish and can translate and things like that. I was like, Go for it. You know, when she was like, I'm so yeah. scared. And I said, no, 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 no. You see, the devil's a liar. Number one. Two, um, you already know. <laughs> Don't overthink. You know, we we tend to overthink so much. I know that the lady that I had as a family navigator to help me with my daughter's IEP, she told me, she said, listen, my supervisor wants to hire you. Literally. And I was like, well, um... I personally can because of my hours and I know they need somebody full time and things like that. But right. she reassured me, listen, when both of your kids are in school and you want to do this, there's going to be a position for you. I was like, because she just feels like, man, you know so much, Nani. You don't even need me because you are mm-hmm. great. You're saying the truth. 
That's it. Don't allow yeah. anybody to ever tell you otherwise about your child. Definitely. Your child. <laughs> you know your Period. child best. You yes. know your child best. So. Yes, that's it. <laughs> so we really hope um, that you guys enjoy this episode. And I'm just so grateful for you, Denise. And thank you again for your thank yes you. and for being here. Um, did you yes, want to say you so anything? Much. Thank you so much for having me on your channel. It was such a blessing. I am so appreciative of you and so grateful. So thank you so much. Thank you. You guys have a wonderful rest of your day, wherever you're listening time. Um, and we'll see you guys again on the other episode. Bye. <laughs>